We are. We're, we're here. Oh my God! It, you know, we said it would. It might take a couple weeks. <laughs> we were right. It took a couple weeks, and then a few months more. It took me about nine plus three months to be fully, fully here. Well, to be to be fully um, transparent, I'm less full. Yeah, you're less full. You're a whole person less full. I'm a whole person less full. I can breathe. Yeah. You can breathe, you can drink. I can drink. Most importantly. I can drink a little bit. <laughs> you can drink a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> what are we talking about? We're parents. We, yeah. We, we, we're parents, and from here on out, parent jokes. Yeah, we've done reproduced. We're only talking about babies and- Butts. Damn it, Whitney. Baby butts. Baby butts, that's right. We don't get any more crude than that. Than Just baby, <laughs> little cute baby butts. <laughs> No, we're parents, and that's why we haven't recorded in many months. Yeah, but I'm here. I'm here to do the thing. I'm here to do the thing. We just got to remember how to do it. We got to remember how to do it. What are we doing? A podcast. Look at that. That's right, because you are who? I'm Whitney. And I'm Dustin. And this is We Want to Know. Podcast. In Betweens. In Betweens. Damn, see, I forgot about that part. In Betweens. That's right. We're going to ease back in with the In back in. Just, just. Lubing it up a little oh, bit. Oh, if you're, if you're listening uh, all at once, we're not the jungle anymore either. I think we said that last time, but I don't know because it's been months. We did bedcast last time. That's right. I was in bed and very pregnant. <laughs> okay, see, all right, I'm remembering. And we had to. I mean, this was all edited out, but like we had to like pace it because I was high, like couldn't breathe. <laughs> while we had to I- edit out your pregnant farts. <laughs> <I think. laughs> Parent humor. Mm. I don't want to bring parent humor in this. No, I'm I, totally joking. I, I would like to keep it as crude as possible. Whitney blasted a human out of her hole, and now now we're here. I didn't come out of my hole. Got a new hole for it. Yeah, they made a new hole. A new baby hole. They ripped it out. <laughs> I did, however, fun fact, they will let you just keep your placenta. Yeah. And you bring a big enough jar for it. You bring enough jar. So now I have a human organ floating in liquid in a jar. It looks like a fucking face hugger from Aliens it's just sitting in our laundry room. Fucking awesome. It's amazing. It's so gross. It's cool. I feel like in a pinch, I'd eat it. Well, not anymore because it's it'd been in formalin and, and in ethanol. It would get you really uh, wasted and means. maybe make you go blind because it's okay. in ethyl okay. alcohol right well, now. I'll definitely eat it then in a pinch. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying don't eat it. Okay, just don't, don't eat it. Just don't, don't eat, eat it. it. Yeah, but you know they just let you have a baby. It's fucking weird. Yeah, they just let us do it. I feel like there should have been some kind of test. Just, a, just some kind of test. There should have been something to be like, are you uh, capable of doing this? Nope. They just wheel you to the, like, the curb. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, And are right. like, not our problem anymore. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's fucking do this. Let's uh, do this. I, can I go first? Because I've had this thing that I've I wanted to talk to you Is about. Is it more farts in pee holes? No, no. I mean, I'm easing back in. Okay, good. Because my my dad found out we have a podcast. He's oh like, yeah. Oh, how how can I listen to that? And I was like, you don't. You <laughs> don't listen to it because we have to have a babysitter now. So your mom <laughs> had to come over and watch the baby so we could record. And your dad's like, well, how can I listen to it? Oh shit's gonna get weird. Hi dad. Hi dad. <laughs> so yeah, please please throw us off. Um. Well, mine's a heartwarming tale. Okay. And uh, this is from IFL Science. What a parent. <laughs> So motherly of you. Yeah, well, uh, the title of it is The Dog Who Kept Pushing Kids Into a River to Acquire Steak Rewards. <laughs> Wait, that title just keeps on going. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is by James Felton, senior staff writer at IFL Science. From- you know dog stories are my uh, my thing? It, they're our thing, baby. They're oh. our thing. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 1908, so the history maker and doer this guy is. <laughs> You're just throwing everything, jamming everything into one, huh? <laughs> So much for easing it back. All of it. <laughs> Go back and listen. Listen to what we do here. All right. In 1901, Paris, according to a contemporary story from the New York Times, there lived a dog who was definitely not a good boy. A French dog, huh? A French dog, not a good boy. <laughs> a bad little French boy. A bad French boy. The story begins with a Newfoundland dog that heard a child screaming for help after they had fallen to the Seine. 
The dog, to its credit, searched for the source of the screaming before diving into the river and rescuing him, like a ye old lassie. <laughs> ye old lassie. <laughs> Not like the new one. Not like the new one. Old with shit. an E. <laughs> you know ye is actually pronounced the... I read yeah. that somewhere. It's bullshit. Yeah, you can't read it as that. I go to enough Ren fairs to know. Yeah. One, it's ye, and two, they fuck hard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's not my – I mean, never mind. We're not going to talk about Ren Fair Swingers? Mm-mm. No, we're not. <laughs> to each their own. It's not our thing, but, you know, get your Maybe freak we'll on. tell that story one day. <laughs> I'm still a little scarred by that story. Yeah, me too. You don't make friends at the Ren Fair. You don't bring friends home from Ren Fair. No, you don't. They will try to fuck you. Yeah, they will. <laughs> Anyways, um, so – so far, so good. However, according to the story, the problem begins when the dog was rewarded with a nice big slab of meat, which we'd still say is slightly a cheap reward for saving a whole human child. I mean, was it a whole human-sized slab of meat? I mean, maybe. Because that's a big slab of meat. That is a huge slab of meat. I think it's a pretty good reward for any pup. I feel like dogs don't really care. They, You could have given them cat shit and they would have been really happy. Most dogs would be happy, very, just as happy. Very as happy about it. <laughs> Unknowingly, much like the colonial French rewarding people for rat tails, what? Oh, there's a link there. <laughs> okay. Stay tuned. I'm going to click on that for next time. <laughs> uh, they had provided they had provided motivation for bad behavior. The dog now realized that saving children was a path to beef. <laughs> oh my god this dog became a double agent uh, he's like fucking jake gyllenhaal and nightcrawler i just love that path to beef was written out <laughs> path to beef that's what the title of this should have been yeah it's the title of this episode <laughs> and it didn't have the moral fortitude to simply wait for them to fall in all by themselves oh my god this is the most wholesome story ever it's like wholesome but not at all wholesome. <laughs> a few days later, a second child was playing by the Seine. Okay, you gotta watch your kids. You gotta watch your kids. Uh, when he fell into the same dog, though, noticeably fuller of beef. <laughs> it's been days. Hey, the dog's more buoyant now, you know? <laughs> Jumped back into the river, saving a second child. Again, the dog was given some meat, reinforcing its hunch. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got a pattern here. Yeah, well, the, the next word is the pattern of rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Some would call it conditioning. I think Pavlov would. Maybe. Oh, psychology. <laughs> um, the pattern of rescues followed by meat, followed by rescues, continued for a while. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll happen. It's almost like he has a job. What's more, it was a suspicious number of kids to fall into the Seine over a brief time scale. <laughs> there seems to be a lot more kids falling in these days. Kids are just getting dumber, I guess. And this fat, dumb dog just keeps running up and <laughs> tugging on my pant leg, begging for steak. Let alone taking into account their proximity to one single dog. So they are linking it together. Okay. Seems like they're, they're kind these, of... These lifeguard detectives uh -huh. are starting to figure it out. <laughs> It wasn't... That's where your story unraveled, fat dog. <laughs> it wasn't too long before the jig was up, and the New York Times ran a scandalous front page story, quote, dog a fake hero. <laughs> <laughs> they tarnished his good name. They took his trophies away. With the damning caption, quote, pushes children into the Seine to rescue them and win beef steaks. <laughs> I heard when they walked him away in handcuffs, he, he just said, I learned it from watching you. <laughs> According to the New York Times, and we'd still take it with a pinch of salt, quote, whenever he saw a playing child on the edge of the stream, he promptly knocked it into the water. <laughs> what a good bad boy. I want to see this on video. <laughs> I want video evidence and I want it on loop with funny music behind it, please. <laughs> I mean, it was in 1908 so we just have to, like, take their word for it. Oh, wow. I wonder how smart dogs are now. You think you dogs think, have gotten smarter? I bet there's whole gangs of dogs <laughs> that run around pushing kids into water. Yeah, it's not like yeah. dogs have evolved, like, medicine and science like oh, humans have. Oh, but haven't they? <laughs> I, I think they have. 
The dog would then rescue the child, presumably, before nodding at some loose beef the nearest adult happened to have on them. <laughs> Sorry. It's 1908. Everybody's walking around with loose beef. Just, that's what people ate back then, okay? I like that it's referred to as loose beef. <laughs> the dog had learned, like Pavlov's dogs, huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Had learned to salivate upon hearing a bell to associate drowning children with a nice big <laughs> slab of prime beef. In this case, the bell is the sound of a screaming drowning child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, that is what I'm bringing us back on. Ah, that is great. That yep. is great. I've been I've been sitting on that for months. <laughs> well, now I can't go into my obligatory dog story. I'll save it. Well, I don't think you should sit on your dog story. I mean, if we're just let's just start with dogs. <laughs> Let's just cover dogs. I, I don't I don't want anybody jumping back in after uh, months of us being gone, especially our one fan who contacted us. Our one fan. That, this is for you, buddy. This is for you. <laughs> I'm going to reach out to him and let him know we're back. We're back, baby. We're back. Um, probably sucks. We probably suck. I, I mean, you might suck. I'm, I'm doing fucking great. And I'm always hilarious, so. Winnie, do we really swallow spiders in our sleep? I think it's a myth. Is that what you think? I think it's a myth. I was wondering that too. So I looked it up one day and uh, I couldn't tell you when. But I looked it up and found this article on Britannica.com by Don Vaughn. That's a Love solid that source. Yeah, right. Don Vaughn. Don Vaughn. Britannica. There's no date from this, so I'm going to say it's also from 1908. I mean, it's the Britannica, so it's like it, it it's like be. the Bible, right? I think it is like the Bible. Yeah. Like maybe even, maybe even a little better. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe better. I don't know. I, I'll... I, I'm just, you know. We're just asking questions. <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> we're just asking questions here, you know? There's no wrong yeah. answers. Yeah, yeah. We're just like Tucker Carlson. Just just like that guy. <laughs> or any other Fox friend. Oh. <laughs> well, the belief that we swallow an average of eight spiders in our sleep every year has become so ingrained in popular culture that many people now accept it as fact. Not you. Not me. No. Not you. No, I, I false False facts. Nope. What is it? False flag? False. No. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Alternative facts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The reality is that we probably don't swallow any spiders at all. I mean. End of article. At least. At least one. Could. Could. A wandering spider said. It says in this article that a wandering spider could find a sleeping human and crawl up on them, but they'd probably find you terrifying. Because we're, we're tend to be making no- a lot of noises with our breathing and our heartbeat and whatnot. Yeah, they don't really want anything to do with us. Yeah, it creates vibrations. The spiders hear it. They're, they're sensitive to that. They're sensitive. Okay, but cockroaches do crawl in people's ears because I've seen them dig them out. I cockroaches watch- don't give a fuck. I, I've watched videos. Believe that. I've watched videos. Well, there's a deeper story to this, and that's that's why I found it more interesting. Okay, I was about to say, because like, we just came back from break and that was your story? <laughs> it, it gets better. Okay. All right? While experts acknowledge that it is possible that a spider could find its way into your mouth while you're sleeping, the chances are so slim that they're negligible. Okay. So where did this idea come from? No idea, right? <sighs> Fox News. May as well have been. Yeah? Because this- 60 minutes. <laughs> no, no. The answer is just some dude. Just some dude? Just some dude. <laughs> some dude. It's like, you know, you probably like no, eight no. spiders a night. Here's what it is. He was just asking questions. Oh, no. Yeah. Just like us. Oh, yeah. No, not – God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. We're, <laughs> we're bringing facts, all right? Well, the so-called fact that, <laughs> eight, that we swallow eight spiders a year in our sleep originated in a 1993 magazine article about how readily people will accept as fact information that they read online. 1993. 1993. The World Wide Web. <laughs> The start of internet websites. Internet websites. Mostly controlled by America Online. <laughs> Julie Chin. Sorry. We we watched episode one, season one of Big Brother from yeah. like 2000. Yeah. It may as well have been in 1987. <laughs> it might as well have been. It was crazy. World Wide Web. AOL.com. Try this brand new thing. The internet. The interweb. <laughs> well, yeah. This uh, This – Lie fact comes from a 1993 magazine article about how people will accept information as fact super quickly online. I mean, of course, we put a stop to that immediately, right? Who's <coughs> <coughs> looking at you, Q? 
I mean... No matter how ridiculous it seems. That was the whole point of this, was that people would accept it no matter how ridiculous it seems. So it was a thought experiment. Yeah, basically much. It was like a social experiment. Just like, maybe if I put this out there, people will fucking believe it. Yeah. He, the, the author of this, noted the fictional statistic about spiders as an outlandish example. Only no to, way. Oh, yeah. Only to watch it quickly spread as fact across the internet. 1993. That's when it came. I thought it, you know, I, I thought it would have been some folk tale. No, it came about because people are dumb. People wanted to prove that it, the dangers of the interwebs. Yeah. So it's ironically fitting that the example the author used to show how ridiculously easy it is to dupe people online with misinformation became this self-fulfilling prophecy with people just repeating made up bullshit as facts. That's crazy shit. Yeah. So listen to real experts, people, not the fucking internet. Like us. Yeah, like us. Do your own research. Us. Us. We're the research. We do the research for you. You don't even have to open a book. Neither do we. Yeah, we open the internet. I think I've read like maybe one or two books this, for this. Hey, this is from Botanica.com, so it's fucking truth. That's better than the Bible. Uh, PSA, unless a spider in your home poses an inconvenience or you suffer from severe arachnophobia, entomologists encourage you to leave it the fuck alone. I killed a bunch of spiders today. I'm going to admit. It posed an inconvenience to you. <laughs> they infested the house. I was the person that just would, like, let them be, but then I started looking in every corner of our house. Well, we live in the Louisiana swamp. Yeah. So, it's I different. I murdered the fuck out of a bunch of spiders today. It's fine. There's still, like, hundreds in our house. <laughs> All, All their babies are still there. Their babies are on our babies. <laughs> right now. Right now. <laughs> Let's go check on her. <sighs> Um, well, should I read my spider story? Um, okay. Yeah, get, let's get a dog spider sandwich going. <laughs> well, I mean, it would be a dog spider spider. Oh, I'm going to follow it up with a dog. With a dog? <laughs> God damn it. All right. This is from smithsonianmag.com. Oh my God, how official today. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This is an article entitled, Scientists Use Dead Spiders as Claw Machines. <laughs> this is by Margaret Osborne. I, I see no problem with this. No problem. Researchers at Rice University have created necrobots, a new area of research which uses bionic materials for ro robotic parts. No, no, I see a problem with this now. I, I see where this is heading. I don't like it. I don't like it. Are we talking about robot spiders? We're talking about robot corpses. Oh my god, that's even worse. Robot spider corpses. Yeah, yeah, I don't... Mm -mm. Oh, I love it. I don't love that. I love it. <sighs> Go on. Okay, boy. If you see a robot spider corpse, you should just leave it alone. Let it be do it its business. Just like let it do its thing. This is what I get for trying to be nice to, ro to robot spider corpses. Spider corpses turned into robots sounds like a far-fetched plotline of a B-horror movie. But researchers from Rice University have created just that. Dead wolf spiders that can be used as machines to pick up and put down objects. Oh my god, I haven't seen the whole season of the whole new season of Westworld, but I feel like they already got that. <laughs> There's like a little, there's a, there's a picture you want to see? Yeah. No, nope. Fuck that. No? Nope. Yeah. Fuck that. Keep in mind it's wolf spiders. So they're, there's like giant furry. Mm -hmm. They're like hand sized. Uh, you know, I've gotten used to wolf spiders living here and going to the jungle and shit. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't want a robot wolf spider existing. What if it was like under my control? I definitely don't want it existing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't have enemies, but, uh. If there were, like, ever suspects, you'd be number one. It's always the wife, right? That's, well, something like that. <laughs> um, in a paper published in Advanced Science, researchers have dubbed the use of bionic materials as robot components. Necrobots. <sighs> you know what's crazy? is like, you know they're not stopping the spiders. Fuck no! They're going to have zombie robots. Uh-huh. Does this get into that? <laughs> I see no problem with this. No? I see no problem with this. Oh my god, I do. Why? They're dead. That's fair. They're dead. That's what are they going to do with it? I don't know, like religious or something? You're right, I don't see a problem with <laughs> it. Yeah, fucking... You, you, yeah. They're keep, dead. Keep on soldiering. <laughs> sure, why not? Oh my god, get back to the spooky spider bots. <laughs> We're going to get new listeners and they're going to be like arachnophobic and it's like, oh, well, <laughs> you really fucked yourself on that one. Good Should job. have stuck to the fart in the urine episodes. <laughs> Still, I think. Like, the dead bodies <laughs> pouring through the ceiling. That was a good episode. Crowning achievements. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of what we do here. Yeah. 
Okay, so they say that this is an area of research uh, could be used to create biodegradable grippers for small objects. Okay, hold on. Now I'm listening. Quote, we understand many people are put off by the sight of a spider, Um. but from an engineering point of view, the spider's mechanism of movement is very interesting. That's from Faye Yap, a mechanical engineer at Rice and lead author on the paper. That's fair. That's fair. It's interesting in the way that, like, it's terrifying. I mean, have you seen those robots that they call, like, dogs or something? And whenever... The The ones that patrol our border? Yeah. 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 That, like, everybody knew they were just going to put a gun on, and now they have? Yeah. But, like... It's a Black Mirror episode. It's legit a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, Yeah, they got it from real life. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, those scare the fuck out of me. And they have four legs. They do. They, like, gallop. Yeah. I don't want to see one with double the amount of legs. Are you kidding me? That's, that's terrifying. They would skitter. Oh, that's true. I guess they're only as big as the dead spiders get, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. But they're I not- I like that better. The dogs are not dead dogs that they've reanimated. These are dead spiders they've reanimated. Can we be sure? How did it start, you know? Well, quote, <laughs> it definitely warrants taking a closer look at these creatures and learning more from them. The research, the research began in 2019 when scientists noticed a dead spider curled up in their lab. <laughs> that's, that's how it all came together. <laughs> Wondering why spiders always die with their legs in that position, Yap and her colleagues did a quick search and discovered that spiders have hydraulic pressure systems that control their limbs, like starfish. What? Yeah. Spiders do not have antagonistic muscle pairs like biceps and triceps in humans. They only have four flexor muscles, which allow their legs to curl, and they extend them outward by hydraulic pressure. When they die, they lose the ability to actively pressurize their bodies, and that's why they curl up. At the time, we were thinking, oh, that's super interesting. We want to find a way to leverage this mechanism. To create the gripper, the researchers stuck a needle into the internal valves in the spider's hydraulic chamber, created a seal with superglue, and attached a syringe to the other end. By puffing small amounts of air through the syringe, the scientists could extend and retract the spider's legs. Cool. Yeah. That's that's so crazy. I didn't realize they just had, like, a hydraulic hose yeah. going through each one of their legs. Yeah, it makes sense. That, I mean, that they do have, like, a very fluid motion. Yeah. Well, they also don't have, like, muscle systems like we do. Yeah. Yeah. They got hydraulics. They got hydraulics. Like That's our, wild. Like our cars do. That right? Is, like, like uh, I mean, like pistons, right? Like cranes do. Like. Like forklifts like, do. Like hydraulic dams do. Like. Hmm? I, is that a real thing? Hydraulic dams? I don't know. Hydroelectric. Ah, cut this, cut all this. Cut it. The dead (laughs) spiders could come up, could pick up more than 130% of their own body weight and last through a thousand open close cycles per the paper. Mm -hmm. Wow. You mean like a thousand post-mortem? Mm-hmm. That's insane. And 130% of their body weight, which I guess isn't very much since they don't weigh very much. But think of like the big spiders, you know? Like the bird-eating spider? Mm-hmm. Think of, like, if you reanimated that corpse and gave it new hydraulics. Like, what if you could put a hydraulic pump on the back of it they would send it out like a drone? And just have it skitter about. Yeah. Skitter-scatters. Why not? Well, I think a lot of people disagree with you, but, you know, again. I, I kind of disagree with me. <laughs> Why not? Well, here's the reason. <laughs> I could argue against it for sure. Without, I'm not going to argue against it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Without any kind of coating on the corpse, the spider only remained functional for two days because dehydration makes their joints brittle. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Wink, wink. So eventually all corpses fall apart. Yeah, but they need like corpse suit. Yeah. I don't know why I'm so pro this idea now. I'm loving that you're pro it because I was (laughs) fully Fully expecting you'd be like, what the fuck, Whitney? Why are we talking about this? It's terrifying, and the repercussions from it will probably end us all as a species, but uh, man, what a way to go, huh? Spider robots? Spider robots. They only last for a couple days, but they are lethal. Yeah, they only last for a couple days right now. That's why they're getting this information out there, Mm because they want to team up with the Peter Parker type. (laughs) <laughs> who can make a suit for these i hear what they're saying it's I'll, I'll write i'll write to them well look here the researchers experimented with a beeswax coating and found it could slow 
loss of the spider's mass. So team up bees and spiders. Holy shit. Uh-huh. Holy shit. Once the bees and spiders find out that we're mashing them together for our own nefarious purposes, <laughs> they're going to take us out. <laughs> the rice team said necrobotic grippers could have multiple applications, including for the assembly of things like microelectronics uh, for collecting specimens. Quote, because the necrobotic gripper has inherent compliance and camouflage capabilities, we envision that we can deploy it in scientific fieldwork, Yap tells the Daily Beast. For example, to capture and collect small insects and other live specimens without damaging them. See, that that is what I really, that I genuinely think is cool about this. It's like, just from some scientists being like, look at that dead spider in the corner. That's how science works. Yeah. And and now they, like, figured out all this cool shit mm-hmm. that can be used for all this other cool or terrifying shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that is what, that is really cool. They say that future research could include exploring differences, different coatings for the spiders, experimenting with moving each leg individually, and studying different species like smaller spiders and whip scorpions. Ooh. Ooh. We have one of those on our wall. Yeah. Those are crazy. You should look them up. Or yeah. don't if you don't like spiders. Um, and while the paper may conjure nightmare-inducing images of robot zombie spiders for some Co-author Daniel Preston, a professor of mechanical engineering at Rice, clarifies that their research doesn't actually qualify as reanimation. Wow, that's that's you know fair distinction. <laughs> it's <is laughs> not reanimating it; it's giving it an, a secondary exoskeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Quote: Despite looking like it may have come back to life, we're certain that it is inanimate. It's providing us with something really useful. <laughs> Okay, again, I don't agree with all the views of this, but pretty damn cool. And I mean, it opens up a lot of uh, hydraulics, huh? Hydraulics. <laughs> hydraulic spiders. Hydraulic. All spiders are hydraulic. Yeah. That's that's new to me. Hydraulic dead spiders. That's the new part. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they have their own natural hydraulic system. So mm-hmm. Fuck, I learned something. Look at that. It's not all farts and piss. We're here to learn. <laughs> We're here to learn. As as the as the podcast title states, we want to know. Yeah. We, we do want to know. We do want to know. <laughs> but sometimes we just don't. No, sometimes we don't. Most of the time we don't. Yeah. Well, what are you going to what do you what do you got? Do you want to take a break? Mm. Yeah, I'll see. Okay. realized that three <laughs> three of my remaining four stories that I've pulled are all about corpses. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. We're back. <laughs> I'm going to tell you my obligatory dog story. Dog, spider, spider, dog. Dog, spider, spider, dog. Okay. Real quick. Real quick. This is uh, from a UPI.com article by Ben Hooper. It's the same guy that wrote the uh, emu article. Way back, long ago. Emus, emus fighting. The Great Emu War. The Emus War. Yeah, there's now a major motion picture coming out ever since I told you about that story. Yeah. We predict the future. Yep, we pretty much write it. Pretty much. Yep. Well, yeah. uh, Linda Oswald said her family was driving on Idaho State 41s. You know, if you're the, from there, old 41. You probably have some listeners from Idaho. What's up, Idaho? What's up, Idaho? Hi, hi, your potatoes and Mormons. Second, second highest uh, percentage of Mormons. No shit. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah, I follow the Mormons. <laughs> like, like around around the country. They follow everybody else <laughs> on their little bikes. Got them. <laughs> Actually, I've been walking in the park a lot. So you know, mom stuff. So I've been walking in the parking lot, and there's like these like two Mormon boys that are on their walkabout or whatever it yeah. is and like <laughs> their walkabout like they eat lunch in the park every day and i'm just like waiting for them to come up to me like, they have not <laughs> spoken to me yet but i'm just like waiting for them to come up to me well, they probably look at you and they're like ah satan <laughs> well what you have to do is you have to tell them that you're gay and you've acted on it you can be gay and be mormon but if you've acted on it, you can't be Mormon. Really? Yeah. So basically, you just like, like I'm super gay. I do gay stuff all the time. Oh, super gay. Love love it. Love being gay. Love doing gay stuff. That's all you got to tell them. That's all you got to tell them and they'll leave you alone. Huh. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yep. 
Well, on old Idaho State 40, Highway 41, where I'm sure there's lots of Mormons. Tons. Linda Oswald and her family were driving in their GMC Yukon when they collided with another car. And Tilly, the family's two-and-a-half-year-old border collie, Red Healer no, Mix, Dustin. was ejected through a window. No! Yeah. Whitney, it's going to get robot parts. Wait for the hydraulics oh, to kick in. Oh, wait this. Oswald and some witnesses who stopped all started searching the area for Tilly, but there was no sign of him after ten hours of scouring the area. So the family posted on social media and search parties continued to look for Tilly, but the dog didn't turn up until Tyler Potter and her brother Travis Potter noticed one of their sheep herding dogs appeared to have darker fur than usual. <laughs> so. Did Tilly just like take a take a summer job? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> the siblings' other brother Zane, all all good names in this family, mm-hmm. attempted to call the dog Huey. Later in the day, and became suspicious when the canine didn't respond to his name as usual. Did, Huey! Huey! Get over here, Huey! Did, did Tilly kill Huey? <laughs> Tilly killed Huey and wore Huey's fur. No, no. The Potters said they soon realized that the dog they had thought was Huey was actually another dog. You don't say. Was it Tilly or was it some uh, new dog? <laughs> that would be <laughs> that, would, yeah, that would be a twist in the story. Well, it turns out, uh, after looking on social media a little bit, they found out that this crash occurred only about a mile and a half from their property. So, the Potters captured Tilly and turned him over to the county sheriff's office, and Tilly was reunited with the Oswald family. That's wonderful. Right? Isn't that wonderful? They all agreed that uh, Tilly was most likely just following his instincts, and he just started hurting when he he saw the other dogs hurting. It's like, well, how'd I get myself into this one? I guess you just gotta... Go do what I do. Yeah. Do what a herding dog does. <laughs> well, Tilly, you really got yourself into another pickle. <laughs> Better start herding. <laughs> You're asking myself, yourself how I got here. Well. <laughs> One week earlier, <laughs> Oswald said he'll herd anything. When I go to the dog park, he tries to herd the people into one group. What a so, good boy. Good boy, Tilly. And I wonder if he would herd children into the Seine River. <laughs> just, I'm just asking questions. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, if you got a big old meat steak from it. You got to reinforce it. If you want dogs <laughs> to have really bad behavior, just reinforce the give, bad things they do. steak. Yeah. All right. Well, I got I got something to follow that up. All right. It flows seamlessly. I hope it's not about a spider or a dog. Nope. Horrifying study. Corpses thrash around for a year after death. Good. 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 Corpses. Didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right. This is from futurism.com and this is by Dan Rabitsky. Dan Rabitsky. I feel like we've heard that name before. Mm, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, scientists photographed a corpse for 17 months, so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, science. They Yay, just saw, science. They just saw this corpse in the corner like, yeah, isn't that weird? Isn't that weird that it just seems to thrash around for the whole year we've had it there? <laughs> they probably were shooting hydraulics. <laughs> People spinning in their graves is actually quite common, according to gruesome new scientific research. What? Uh-huh. As bodies decompose, they tend to slowly but surely writhe around for a year or longer. Oh my god, I want to see this time lapse. It exists, right? Please tell me it exists. It has to exist. I mean, it's science. It's science. They had to document it somehow. (laughs) Uh, The disturbing factoid comes courtesy of scientists at the Australian facility for Tamphonomic Experimental Research, a, quote, body farm, where human corpses are made available for scientific research. And it could have far-reaching implications for forensic investigators. Yeah, I've I've heard of these body farms. Mm-hmm. I worked on a movie where we we did a we made a body farm, a fake one. You didn't send me any pictures of that. I didn't get sent out to it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would have, I would have demanded to be sent to there. <laughs> hey, I sent you pictures of the dead kids in the well you that did. one time. You did send me that. Yeah, and you, you brought back you brought back like toe tags and. That's right. You're welcome. Well, you you just have to keep. <laughs> body farms. <laughs> body farms. You should have, you should have gone to the body farm and sent me pictures. Just saying. Right, you're right. Uh, to determine how corpses wriggle around over time, Australian scientists photographed a man's corpse donated to the body farm for study every half hour for 17 months. Holy shit. That's a big file of research. Can you imagine that's like your all-day, everyday job. You're like, well, I got to go take photos of this dead guy again. Yeah, got to go see Dave. Yeah, got to go see if Dave's turned over another eighth of an inch. 
<laughs> According to research published last month in a journal called Forensic Science International Synergy, troubling, the body's arms started down along its sides but ended up outstretched. Beautiful. Quote, we think movements are related to the process of decomposition as the body mummifies and the ligaments dry out. Oh, wow. I was going to say, like, like that classic mummy pose. Yeah. Huh. Well, no. The classic mummy pose is like, like a vampire pose with it. No, I mean like classic cartoon mummy. Oh, like chasing mummy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Like reanimated mummy. Okay. <laughs> with its arms outstretched, yeah. Yeah, so... Wilson told AFP that she hopes her discovery can help improve forensic investigators interact with bodies at crime scenes. Time-lapse photography is already a commonly used practice to monitor decomposition and calculate the time of death, but understanding how bodies move over time could be make those calculations more accurate. Um, to what end? I mean, like, if you kn- if you have a body farm and you have, like, a body that's, like, decomping at a certain rate and it's, like fluids and things are leaking and swelling and things like that at a certain rate at a certain temperature then you can say like other bodies at a certain rate at a certain temperature have been there for x amount of hours x amount of days oh, okay so like for, for like forensic research and stuff like that yeah like for like people researching like finding dead bodies okay okay right. so they could be like well this person looks like they were moving but actually that was their corpse moving this this person turned into a mummy and chased Scooby-Doo down this corridor <laughs> and ended up over here. But that's okay, because that's what they're supposed to do. Zoinks. Zoinks. <laughs> Jinkies. Okay. Once I observed a movement in previous in a previous study, I started researching, and I couldn't find anywhere in the world that looks at quantifying the movement. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And she did. <laughs> Fuck yeah, science. <laughs> And uh, that's what I have for uh, corpses that thrash around after after death. Damn, I'm learning all kinds of shit today. Yeah. Um. Well, shit. Do you want to learn um why not to be an alt right asshole? Sure. Always. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is from a crack.com article, a very valid source by Tiago Sven from May of this year, and it is titled "Real Life Witcher School." Closes because of staff's connection to the alt-right. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, it started out cool, right? started cool. Yeah. Well, for nearly a decade, anyone could just go to Poland, my my native land, and- Mm, We're not so sure about that, but whatever. I think. (laughs) And you could become a quote-unquote real witcher. Okay. Back in 2015, a recreational event group- The author of The Witcher is from Poland. Is that? Yeah? I think so. I, I did not know that. It's the from, originals? Yeah, the originals. Like, I'm pretty sure. He's like one from one of those countries like, <laughs> that your people are from. He might be from Lithuania. Could be. Could be. I, I thought I was from there forever. You might be. I mean, I'm not. But <laughs> No, you're, you're, you're from the swamp, but yeah. <laughs> your people might be. Who knows? Well, back in 2015, this recreational event group called Five Elements got the green light and created a Witcher school for live-action role-playing events. Okay. That's LARPing for people that didn't know. Yeah, yeah. They're LARPing as Witchers. As Witchers. Well, seven years and thousands of fully trained Witchers later. Wait. Also, Witcher is a series, if you haven't watched it on Netflix. It's like a magical... It's like magical Game of Thrones. Oh, that's fair. I guess people might not know what The Witcher is, huh? Yeah. It's like yeah. magical Game of Thrones. It's a book series, video game series. Now there's a... Television series. The video games are very good. Yeah. Very, very good. But So just think Magic Game of Thrones. It's a witcher. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the school is no more. I didn't think they had alt-right people other than in the U.S. Oh, what? I just thought it was a U.S. thing. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. I didn't think right and left were, like, things in other places. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 the same everywhere. I mean, I knew that there were like racist assholes everywhere. <laughs> I just didn't know that they called them the same yeah. thing. <laughs> well, the sudden closure is allegedly related to. <clears throat> I can't pronounce that, even though it's Polish, and I I speak Polish. Does it say ski at the end? It does not. Oh, that sounds it's like it's Polish. Then. Anja Warzniak, 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 Warzniak. Give it one more. Anja Varzenak. Okay. Huh? Mm. 
it's only okay because this person's an asshole. This person's a total <laughs> asshole, and I'm Polish, and it's unjustified. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Staff member and wife of the founder of the Five Elements. She apparently belonged to Ordo Luris. Ordo Luris. I don't know. I, I can talk shit about them because they're also a bunch of fucking assholes. Ordo Luris. This segment's amazing. <laughs> For the sake of clarity, that's not another made-up rival witcher school. That is a very real far-right organization in Poland. Okay. Yes, there's right and left in Poland. Who knew? Well, I guess the Polish do. <laughs> their uh, Ordo Luris is a highly bigoted group... <laughs> That promotes anti-LGBTQ plus ideas and um, all kinds of other dumb shit. Okay, fuck those people. Bunch of fucking assholes. And uh, apparently, Anjo Wojciechniak was Anjo Anjo. Apparently, that asshole mm-hmm. was uh, a a big part of that group and was actually a lawyer for the organization who worked on the draft of a law meant to penalize abortion. Ooh. So it's close to home. So what does this have to do with The Witcher? Oh, well, they destroyed the school entirely. They destroyed the school because- They shut down the Witcher school, and um, they've announced that they're now working on the creation of their own setting for future LARP adventures. Huh. That's the five elements without these people. So, so the organization still exists. The organization, the, the Witcher school still exists. The, it's just not- It will. It okay. will. It doesn't now. For the time being, uh, ex-students looking for a similar experience will have to stick with- uh, like like fucking Game of Thrones or Harry Potter it's or like, something It's kind of like Game of Thrones, but like magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, here, here's the hoping that Witcher schools get their shit together in Poland. <laughs> I mean, it seems like they do have their shit together. All things crossed. All things crossed. Uh-huh. <laughs> they have all their shits crossed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, all right. Um, hmm, Poland, Poland, Poland. Uh, Egyptian? That's a place. (laughs) That's another place. It is. It also segues from my previous story, because this has to do with mummies. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know why I was on like a dead body kick when I pulled all these articles. Yeah, it seems like you're just really into corpses. I'm just real into (laughs) corpses. I just wanted to like ease us back into what we do, you know? Okay. So... The question is, why did people start eating Egyptian mummies? Ah, uh, okay. I, 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 I'll tell you. Yeah? I'll tell you. Fucking tasty. Have you tried one? That's definitely not true. Have you tried one? I haven't tried one. You haven't had mummy jerky? No. Human jerky. Human jerky. <laughs> Ew. Uh, this is from Live Science, and it's by Marcus Harms uh, from June of this year. Wait, wait, wait. Can I get one more guess in? To get boners. Yeah, I was thinking something to do with penises. Right. I haven't read it. I don't read any of mine beforehand, so I don't know, but I'm guessing it has to do with penises. It got it. It's got to. Always has yeah. to do with penises. It has to do with some type of penis insecurity. Yeah. So mummies were a prescribed medicine in Europe for 500 years. I d- you know why? I, I, I don't know why that's like not surprising to me. You mean white people like going in and stealing people's dead bodies and like, and then just making up shit about it? Yeah, like it's mystical because you don't fucking know. <laughs> I love this article already. Why did people think cannibalism was good for their health? <laughs> I'll tell you why. <laughs> the answer offers a glimpse into the zaniest craze in European history at a time when Europeans were obsessed with Egyptian mummies, driven by the belief that ground up and tinctured human remains could cure anything from the bubonic plague to a headache and then by the macabre ideas victorian people had about after dinner entertainment the bandaged corpses of ancient egyptians were the subject of fascination from the middle ages to the 19th century holy fuck god damn i mean yeah i understand they were the subject of fascination i mean mummies are cool as fuck yeah yeah but eating them as would you no no? Um, not, no. What, you not even if it fixed your boner? I mean, if it fixed my... Okay, well, if it fixed my boners, <laughs> that's something else. That's pretty miraculous. A- anything to fix my boners. <laughs> but just, like, to eat it, just to get rid of the plague? Absolutely not. Yeah, you just take antibiotics, dummies. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bacteria. <laughs> you fucking idiots. <laughs> uh, middle ages idiots. <laughs> oh, past people, you're so dumb. <laughs> Shouldn't like evolve like dogs have. I can't wait till <laughs> I can't wait till future people hear this. And they're like, "You so dumb." 
dumb. <laughs> it turns out you can't eat mummies to cure the plague. Fucking yeah. dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 seals it. I'm getting mummified when I die. I I would eat you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd eat me fresh though. <laughs> well, I think I'd rather you fresh. But yeah. I mean, I. Yeah, but the magic doesn't kick in until I'm good and, like, dried out. Good and reanimated and twitching about. <laughs> skittering. <laughs> Once I stop skittering, all the hydraulic <laughs> fluid is leaked out of me. Oh, this is a good episode. Okay. Um, so, mummy mania. A faith that mummies could cure illness drove people for centuries to ingest something that tasted awful. They didn't even make it taste good. I feel like they could have easily, too, right? I mean, like, at least add a little spice. You can, like, grind it up and put it in something that tastes good. I bet dried, like, aged human is tastes very different than... Than just run-of-the-mill normal human meat? I think. I don't know. Do beef. you know what normal human meat tastes like? Well, no, but I know what beef jerky tastes like, and I know what a juicy burger tastes like, and... Yeah, they're similar. They're but, like cousins. But that's the thing, is, like, they're actually the same thing. Yeah, but they're like cousin meats. I'd argue they're like brother meats. Pretty... It's the same meat. It's just completely... What are we talking about again? Eating people meat. Mummia, the product created from mummified bodies, was a medical substance consumed for centuries by rich and poor, available in apothecary shops, and created from the remains of mummies brought from Egyptian tombs back to Europe. Yeah, people were dumb. <laughs> They're stupid. <laughs> I mean, we did the whole plague episode. Everything they did to treat the plague <laughs> just true. made more plague, so... Yeah. You know what? You know what they should have done. They should have taken this mummy juice and jammed it in their boobos. Shove it in their boobos, <laughs> along with the chopped up snakes and onions. Yep. And if, you, if you can't find snakes, get your boobos stick and poke at the boobos, and then poke, you know, like non boobos infected people. Exactly. Exactly. If you don't know what boobos are, go back to our plague episode. Don't. It's very bad audio. But I mean, I was a pretty good episode. I thought we'll re-record it. We're gonna remaster it. We're gonna re-record. <laughs> I can learn more about the plague. I don't give a shit. By the 12th century, apothecaries were using ground-up mummies for their otherworldly med medicinal properties. Mummies were a prescribed medicine for the next 500 years. In a world without antibiotics, physicians prescribed ground-up skulls, bones, and flesh to treat illnesses from headaches to reducing swelling or curing the plague. So stupid. <laughs> like, like, based on what? Look, not everyone was convinced. That was the next sentence. I would have been burned at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> we've already we've already established that I one hundred percent would have been burned. Oh, at the you stake. definitely. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't have made it past your preteen years. Definitely not. They'd have been like witch. Yeah, for sure. They already did in my preteen years. <laughs> in now times, so <laughs> I still hear rumors. Um, so not everyone was convinced. Guy de la Fontaine, a royal doctor, doubted mummia was a useful medicine and saw forged mummies made from dead peasants in Alexandria in 1564. He realized people could be conned. See, yeah, with a name like Guy de la Fontaine. Guy de la Fontaine. And He's got a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> he did research on fake mummies. <laughs> and he found out this is a bunch of malarkey. So people weren't always consuming genuine ancient mummies. They were just consuming like more recently dead peasants. Damn. That's like when you when you get fake drugs. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's exactly like when you get fake drugs. <laughs> it's exactly get figured out. But like, I mean, there are only so many people that were like mummified and like in ancient Egypt. Yeah. Yeah, the, there's I mean, definitely a finite number. <laughs> there's a finite number, and it was usually, like, people of, like, a, of certain, like, prestige, right? Or their servants. Or their servants, or, <laughs> yeah. like, people that they wanted to keep around. So, like, for five – if people thought for 500 years that they just didn't eat all the fucking mummies in Egypt that were ancient, then, like – I'm surprised there's any mummies left. I mean – surprised they didn't all get eaten up. I'm surprised they didn't get all eaten up or taken into museums to, like, rot because they all got, like, humid and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Gross. Mm-hmm. Oh, the fucking rejuicified mummy? Like bacteria. Bacteria bad. starts to like, eat them and stuff. I wonder what a mummy smells like. Probably better than it tastes. Probably better than it tastes, but I mean, the, the two senses are very much entwined. That's true. That's true. That's all I'm saying. Spice up that mummy a little bit. <laughs> Throw little Tonys on there. <laughs> it probably tastes better than my formaldehyde placenta. <sighs> I'm going to find out one day. That thing's very juicy still. In a pinch. Very juicy. <laughs> okay. Um... If we haven't lost all of our listeners at this point, <laughs> uh, 
But the forgeries illustrate an important point. There was one constant demand for dead flesh to be used in medicine, and the supply of real Egyptian mummies could not meet this. Apothecaries and herbalists were still dispensing mummy medicines into the 18th century. God damn. Yeah. So, like, motherfucking cowboys were eating mummies and shit. I mean, 18th century would have been 1700, so it's like, that's pre-cowboy. Is that pre-cowboy? 1700s would have been like uh, powdered wig, like George Washington. Oh, hello, those eras? Yeah. Okay. Those people. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello. The Mrs. Doubtfires. Let's make laws. (laughs) The the founding fathers, yeah. (laughs) Those fucking idiots. (laughs) Eating mummies and shit. Not all doctors thought dry old mummies made the best medicine. Some doctors believed that fresh meat and blood had a vitality (laughs) the long dead body lacked. That perked you right up. Uh huh. I don't read these beforehand. Those those are your kind of doctors. You know, it's like weird that I find these stories that just (laughs) really speak to me. They really reinforce your cannibalistic uh, traits. I'm just asking questions. Okay. (laughs) The claim that fresh was best. Convinced even the Oh my god, that's like what a meatpacking company's <laughs> motto is. Convinced even the noblest of nobles. England's King Charles II took medication made from human skulls after suffering a seizure. And until 1909, that's one year after the dog knocked people into the Seine River, physicians <laughs> commonly used human skulls to treat neurological conditions. Oh, you got a problem in your skull? Eat some more skull. Need some more skull. You got a weak skull? You need some skull powder. That's fucked up. Really, I think that dog was hired by Big Pharma to create more skulls. For more the, skull powder? To make more skull powder so that they could treat King Charles II's, I don't know, whatever, boners. <laughs> Definitely boners. <laughs> Definitely boners. <laughs> it all boils down to boners. For the royal and social elite, eating mummies seemed a royally appropriate medicine, as doctors claimed mummia was made from pharaohs. Royalty ate royalty. Royalty begot royalty. I mean, I like that, but I don't like any of it. Eat the rich, baby. <laughs> Yeah, but this is the rich eating the rich. Well, I guess somebody's got to eat them. Let them eat each other. I don't hey, give a fuck. let them eat each other. Let them eat each other. That's that's queenly. I want to get their <laughs> tattoo of that. <laughs> let them eat people meat. I like fresh is best. That like that could be in a fucking- Fresh is best. Fresh is best. That's Soylent. Try Wagner's meat. Soylent Green. Is it? I mean, Soylent Green is people. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I, I, I got- Are you- I'm sorry. Oh, no, there's several more subtitles if you want me to keep going. Dinner, drinks, and a show. Please continue. Okay. Um, By the 19th century, people were no longer consuming mummies to cure illness, but Victorians were hosting unwrapping parties where Egyptian corpses would be unwrapped for entertainment at private parties. What the fuck? Yeah, you know people were fucking those mummies. People were fucking those mummies. Definitely. They were eating parts of them and fucking them. They are eating them to get the boners to fuck them. Wow, this just got real elite. Napoleon's first expedition into Egypt in 1798 piqued European curiosity and allowed 19th century travelers to Egypt to bring whole mummies back to Europe, bought off the street in Egypt. Uh, you know, I yeah, it sounds like this practice was pretty widespread to the point that like yeah, they're, they're like selling trinkets of fake mummies. I mean, it just seems like a bunch. It seems like all of Europe, so like a bunch of white people doing it, but. Well, it seems like a huge con at this point, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like- Like one dumb piece of shit ate a mummy and was like, oh, I cured my dick. I get boners <laughs> like crazy now. It cured the boobos off my dick. It cured the boobos right out of there. And then everybody, like, everybody in Egypt was like, just put some fucking sand in this jar. Tell them it's a ground up mummy and then sell it. Well, for, they're fucking dumb. for these parties, they were actually dead bodies. Oh. Yeah, I mean, they were they were unwrapping parties. Right, that's... Unwrapping yeah, parties. Those, yeah. Um, yeah. That's mm-hmm. different. Yeah, early unwrapping events had at least a veneer of a medical respectability. In 1834, the surgeon Thomas Pettigrew unwrapped a mummy at the Royal College of Surgeons. In, in his time, autopsies and operations took place in public and this unwrapping was just another public medical event soon 
Even the pretense of medical research was lost. By now, mummies were no longer medicinal, but thrilling. A dinner host who could entertain an audience while unwrapping was rich enough to own an actual mummy. Uh, yeah, rich, the rich gonna rich. And I guess anytime there's a new fad, they're like, well, we gotta see what's under here and fuck it. It's like when, like, super rich people own, like, tigers and shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's worse because these are human beings and, like, people's, like, history and shit. But, like, it, it's very much like, look, what is, like, the most bizarre thing I can own? Yeah, yeah. I look, must look have this, it. Look at this cool shit I can get because I'm so rich. I must have it and we must unwrap it here while we eat hors d'oeuvres hors d'oeuvres made from uh, made from mummies from mummies mamia mamia mamma mia the mummy's curse mummy and wrapping parties ended in the 20th century the macabre thrills seemed in bad taste and the inevitable destruction of archaeological remains seemed regrettable you think oh, yeah after you how long think <laughs> the then discovery of tutan tutan Kamen? try it Kamen? king tut Tutankhamen. How do you say it? Tutankhamen? Tutankhamen? Something like that. Then the discovery of Tutankhamen's tomb fueled a craze that shaped Art Deco designs and everything from motifs of doors in the Chrysler building to the shape of clocks designed by Cartier. The sudden death in 1923 of Lord Carnarvon. Um, <laughs> it must be Polish. It must be Polish. Uh, <laughs> sponsor of the Tut. King Tut. The sponsor. Just say King Tut. <laughs> Sponsor of the King Tut expedition was from natural causes, but soon attributed to a new superstition, the mummy's curse. Ah. So maybe you shouldn't eat mummies. Shouldn't eat mummies. Yeah, shouldn't eat Turns mummies. Out. Turns out. Might be make it cursed. Oh, ooh, does, will, will that stop you? God. Spooky, scary. Modern mummies. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> this, this entire section is about Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, good. Tom Cruise, bad. Agreed. I, I, I will die on that yeah. Yeah. hill. Mm-hmm. That's right? Yeah. All right. Look, Look at you. us. Look at me. <laughs> okay. In 2016, John J. Johnson. <laughs> too many J's. Shut the fuck up. Really? That is too many J's, John J. <laughs> Hosted the first public unwrapping of a mummy since 1908. Again, that might have been the year of the, the dog. When was this? 1908. That was that was the year of the dog pushing kids into the same river. Never forget. <laughs> okay, part art, part science, part show, part dog. All right, John Jay. Part cannibalism. <laughs> Johnson created a immersive re recreation of what it was like to be present at a Victorian up unwrapping. Oh, I don't like that. Why would you? It was as tasteless as possible. Okay, uh, that's, that's your angle, huh? Part art, part show, part dog, part cannibalism. I don't know. Huh. Here we go. With everything from Bengals walk like an Egyptian playing on a loudspeaker. Problematic. Mm, <laughs> to plying of attendees with straight gen. Okay. Uh, okay. The mummy. Uh, I mean, I, hey, I, don't, I don't hate that part. Here we go. Here we go. The mummy was only an actor wrapped in bandages. Okay. But the event was a heady sensory mix. Hmm. Hmm. What do you mean? Everybody was high? Like, that's what it sounds high like. High on gin and, and bad music. <laughs> the fact it took it's place. It's art. I wouldn't get it. <laughs> yeah. The fact it took place at a St. Bart's Hospital in London, what the fuck, was a modern reminder that mummies cross many realms of experience from medicinal to macabre. That's the third time they've used that word <laughs> in this article. The first time I was like, oh, good word. The third time, mm. Learn more words. <laughs> Today, the black market of antiquity smuggling, including mummies, is worth about three billion U.S. dollars. Holy shit! Yeah, not just mummies. This is antique smuggling. Okay. Okay. Old shit. Old shit. I would expect it to be. No, nah, three billion's pretty good. That's, that's a pretty big fucking that's, number. That's a big number. Yeah. No serious archaeologist would unwrap a mummy, and no physician suggested eating one. Well, I'm glad we've evolved. Yeah, look at us. Look at us, human race. Almost to where dogs are. Almost to where we don't get the plague. <laughs> but the lure of the mummy remains strong. They are still for sale, still exploited, and still a commodity. Yeesh. Well, thank God, you know, for Tom Cruise's bravery to come back and just kill Universal's entire plan of bringing back mummies and monster franchises in general. <laughs> 
So here, here, Tom Cruise. Thank, say thank you to Tom Cruise, Whitney. No, you love Tom Cruise. I refuse. Thank you, Brendan Fraser, for making mummies cool. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Fuck you, Tom Cruise. I quit the podcast. <laughs> and I guess with that, we'll just uh, what do we do at the we're end? Back. We're back. We're back. We're yeah. back. Come back because next time we're gonna have a real episode on scams and scammers. Scams and scammers. Yeah, it's been a while. Woo, but we're back. Tell your friends. Tell your mom and them. Tell uh. Uh, don't tell people that aren't nice. Yeah, or do. We'll be mean to them. Yeah. They don't get fucked. Give us a list. Yeah, give us your list. <laughs> but I guess I just until next time, um, keep it weird. And keep coming back. The townsfolk say It took the women looting Did he have to train He had no more to gain Capture this. Capture this. Capture this. Oh, we're back, baby. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs>